0: We'll Welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, the show for Young Christian Business Guys about Young Christian Business Guys. We talk sports, we talk business, but most importantly, we talk about Jesus. Today is June 11th, 2020. I am John Harrison, your host. As a community, we are unapologetically Christian, unapologetically business guys, and unapologetically open and vulnerable about our lives, the challenges we face, and the faith and the hope we have in Jesus Christ. We believe in spiritual mentorship, a.k.a. discipleship, learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man, and we believe in the power of peer groups, surrounding yourself with others who are growing in their faith and will help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. So today on June 11th, I am extremely excited about the guest I have on the show today. Uh, one thing I've loved about doing this show is to be able to hear guys' stories, guys I've known for a long time, guys I've known for a short time. And the guest that I have on today is coming to us all the way from Akron, Ohio. Uh, Just recently met him and I said, Ben, I got to get you on the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast. I want to hear more of your story and have our listeners from around the country here as well. So without further ado, welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast, Ben Bates. Ben, so happy to have you.
1: Hi, John. Thanks for having me.
0: You, of all the people I've had on the show so far, you by far have the most realistic looking background.
1: It's it's very real, actually. Very, <laughs> very real. So that's probably why.
0: It looks like a beautiful day there in Akron.
1: It is. Yeah. A couple of 90 degree weather days and today's a little chilly. I got my flannel on, but it's nice to sit outside and, and work.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's been one positive of the quarantine experience that we've had. So
1: yep. Ben,
0: fill us in. Tell us about yourself personally, your family.
1: Yeah. Well, as you noted, I uh, live over near Akron, Ohio with my family. I've got a wife of almost 15 years now, uh, four kids, age range six to 16. So we're entering that fun stage of uh, driving and trying to convince each other who's going to take them out on the road next because it's a scary process. Mm. Uh, my mother-in-law lives with us and our dog and cat. So um,
0: You have a full house.
1: We have a full house, yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, if I ever come to Akron, I'll make sure to stay in a hotel near your house.
1: Yeah, we 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 have almost an acre. You can pitch a tent.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah. That's good. So, how about professionally? What's your focus?
1: Professionally, uh, for about a year now, I've been a commercial banker, uh, mostly investment real estate. So I help people buy, sell apartment buildings, mostly buy, you know, financing side of things. Uh, I could do a little bit with others, manufacturing, car dealers, that sort of thing. Um, but been in the commercial banking world since two thousand five. And uh, took a couple years off to kind of explore um, the, the opportunity I had um, to be a finance manager for for our church here in Akron. So did that for a couple years before coming back to banking almost five years ago now.
0: You know, Ben, one thing that I would maybe just love to unpack for a minute, a lot of guys I've had on this show, a lot of guys in my sphere of influence, not only here locally in Minnesota, but around the country, they're really focusing on the wealth building strategy of real estate. I know guys that are investing in in single family homes, guys that are investing in multi, you know duplexes, and then there's some guys who are even getting into, as you're talking about, the multifamily um, space. What are one or two things that the average investor would not know, or if a younger guy was getting into the investment world from a commercial banking loan perspective, what are one or two tidbits of of, of hmm. gold that you could add?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think, you know, I'm working with a couple guys that uh, they have experience. You know, and, and this is a little bit different. They're they're house flippers, but now they're looking at buying um, a building to refurbish into it like an apartment. So, I think being able to start small. I th- think sometimes maybe we we bite off more than we can chew. Um, you know, entrepreneurial wise, you know, guys that are buying real estate, developing. I think they're very interested in. Um, I don't know, they're entrepreneurial. So they're, they're interested in, in sometimes doing more than they can, you know, their eyes are bigger than their stomach sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I think that's one thing It's just to kind of slow up and, you know, and, and it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say it with a lot of the customers and prospects that I work with on a daily basis, but coming from a Christian worldview, maybe it sounds cliche, but definitely be seeking the Lord. I, I think it's very easy in anybody's um, profession to just kind of go about the day to day. I think we had talked recently about the tent making concept and it's too, it's very easy to get into tent making and not realize that, Hey, the Lord's in this too. And kind of trying to figure that out. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have another guy I've been talking to. He has some, some little ownership, you know, rental properties. And, um, I think even making sure you're caring for your tenants, it's not just an investment for you financially, um, but investing in the, in the lives of the people that you're affecting, I think is, is huge. And I've seen some, I've heard some pretty good fruit that he's had from that experience. So
0: hmm. that's a really, really great under talked about concept Yeah, of, of actually caring for your tenants. And when you think about it, not only from a spiritual perspective, but a professional perspective, if you have vacancy, that's arguably the one of the worst things that you can have in an mm-hmm. investment real estate property. So right. if you're caring for your tenants, that's not only going to bear fruit professionally from a financial perspective, but most importantly, from a spiritual perspective of being able to potentially have a relationship with them. So start yeah. small, maybe start smaller than you think you should. Don't bite mm-hmm. off more than you can chew and, um, you know, invest in the lives of your tenants. Yep. Yeah. That's some good feedback, Ben. Cool. So four kids ages six to 16, uh, you've been married now, um, you know, for, I can't remember how long you said. Almost like, 15, almost yep. 15 years. So yep. one thing I love about this show is, is I've been married four years, almost four years here in August and, uh, no children yet, but I, I, Lord willing, have had six, uh, have six nieces and nephews on both sides of my family. I think, uh, ranging in age from three till I believe almost 10 next month, right around in there, tough to remember all their ages, but. One thing I love about this show is spending time with guys like you. So you're just a couple seasons of of life ahead of me. Um, What are some things that you would say to the listeners who guys who have kids under five who are just starting Mm -hmm. to get into that next season of life? What are some, you know, one or two parenting mistakes you've made or Mm -hmm. things that you've learned in the process and things that you could pass on from a wisdom perspective to some of our new dads listening?
1: yeah it's it's been some cool conversations with my wife recently uh, I'd say recently within the last couple of years you know thinking through that process but she says hey we we have the American dream, and I think that's where a lot of it comes. you know we go th- through this entire stage of growing up and developing you get into your you know into college and it's all exciting and it, You know, obviously not everybody goes to college, but you know, I'm thinking through my process, I, you know, you go to college and it's all exciting. You meet a girl, you you buy your apartment after you, you know, you get married, you buy your apartment and then you're like, all right, let's settle down. We buy a house, you have kids. And then it's like, all right, now what? And I think, I think for, I just talked to a lot of guys and we were there too, where I think guys kind of enter this little bit of a slump at that point in life. And just think I don't know. it's it, it, some some get hit with depression, some get hit with just the monotony and like kind of the adventure's gone. There's no necessary necessarily any progress. It feels like. So I would say just sometimes, especially at that time when you have little kids, I'd say it almost feels like you could be going through a desert and you just have to keep faith like God's gonna get me through it. And I think that's what's real that's what really helped me was yeah you know i say you just remembering your it, you can only go halfway into a desert the rest of the way is half you're working on your way halfway out you know <laughs> so i don't that's that's really helped me but just to think like this is the american dream this is this is what we wanted mm-hmm. now it's here you know kind of kind of try to seek your blessings in that
0: so one thing that i think is imparted on me from a lot of men that are a little bit older, I have the opportunity to spend time with guys in their fifties, their sixties, and sometimes even their seventies is they really talk about this concept that the man is the spiritual head of the household. The man is the tip of the spear. Um, what are some ways that you are leading your family spiritually that you would just sit back and say, you know, I I think I'm doing a pretty effective job in this area.
1: Yeah. I I think sometimes you can get discouraged because you don't, you don't think it's sinking in or anything, but, um, I think it's having a good spiritual life yourself. Uh, I noticed that the further I am away from that relationship. So when I'm struggling with reading my Bible, I'm struggling with praying, I'm struggling with spending that one-on-one time with God. I realize the family kind of gets, the kids get a little ornery, you know, everybody's a little at each other. So I, I encourage them and you know, you, you kind of make it a task. So I, I always tell my like, you know, Hey dad, can I play video games? Well, yeah. Did you do your devotionals today? So they go and they do their devotionals, read their Bible. And that's great from a task perspective, but I think the follow-up is key is the, Hey, did you do your devotional? Yeah. Would you learn, you know, and just make it into a conversation, just ask them questions. What do you think about that? And Sometimes, you know, they, they get it and they come and ask you questions too. But, but again, even the prayer, that's something I'm, I'm kind of, struggling through on how that looks is um turning in this pray you know pray continually and all things you know but being able to take that with the kids too and every once in a while like seeing the opportunity to pray with them not just at dinner and not just at bedtime but be like hey buddy we should we should pray about that right now yeah. but you know just living that how it's supposed to look so
0: that is such a good word it's um what is it first Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen Rejoice yep. always, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yep. that's literally God's will for us is to rejoice always, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. And you kind of described a little bit of my prayer life, Ben, as mm. you know, when I wake up, say my prayers when when we're having dinner, uh, say my prayers with my wife. And I'm guilty of the fact she's even come to me recently and said, you know what, John, mm. I want to be praying with you more. I want to be, why aren't we being more intentional about prayer? That's kind of like a big wake up call for me. Like, oh my goodness, I need to be a little bit more intentional about that, that continual prayer life. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And then you talk about the task perspective. I love this idea of habitually getting your kids into devotions with a little bit of reward, right? There's, there's, there's fruit that comes from consistency and habitual things. But then, like you said, going the next step and actually reflecting on, what what did you learn from that? That's a that's a really good, um, I would say, strategy for guys who are listening to implement. So that's great. Well, one right. thing about this show is is we believe that the key to intimacy in any relationship is vulnerability. So I believe the key to intimacy with the Lord is vulnerability. The key to uh, intimacy with other people is being vulnerable and open. And one of the the reasons I want to start this show is that as young guys who are are in business, who are just starting families, who are um, trying to follow Christ, I believe vulnerability is a a super uh, um, effective tool to have in relationship. And so I try to have guys share a little bit of, of vulnerability of some things they're struggling with, um, things that they maybe, um, aren't super good at. And when I'm thinking about you, I see this guy. And as I've gotten to know you over the the past month or so, I see this guy who's, who's kind of chasing after the Lord with all he has from what I've seen, but you're also realistic in the fact that like, Hey, I got four kids, you know, (laughs) teenagers, um, down to not quite toddler, a little bit older than that, but Mm -hmm. what, um, what's an area of your life where you're saying, man, I just really need to improve in this area of life. And I recognize it introspectively. I'm looking at myself and saying, I just need to get more. I just need to get better in this area if you'd be willing to share.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and I kind of shared about it a little bit. I think I think prayer is a tough one for me. Um, I've always kind of felt like I'm just talking to myself a lot of times. So you just kind of feel funny. So outside outside of bedtime, dinner time, which we're pretty faithful about that. It's, I've been getting up in the morning trying to spend some time, but you know, it's hard. You're tired. So you're trying not to nod off your mind's wandering to what's going on during the day. So I I think just really one of those, just, I guess, exercising that, that prayer muscle, just trying to Mm -hmm. figure that out. And I think being faithful in prayer, Mm -hmm. um, I think I think is what it is not not just faithful from the, the duty, like making sure that I'm doing it, but being faithful from the same but of like, you know, when you ask, believe you're going to receive it sort of faithful. Hmm. So, yeah,
0: that's really good. So how about on the flip side, when I think of spiritual disciplines, what's one area of your life where you're just like, this is a spiritual discipline that I'm committed to. And sometimes I don't always feel like doing it, but I feel like I'm doing a, a really effective job. At being in this discipline,
1: yeah, I think I think there's obviously seasons in life. I've had seasons where it didn't work, but I, I'd say reading, you know, studying the Scripture has been has been very good for me lately. It's not even necessarily a daily thing, you know. I think I think your devotional time looks a little bit different every day, depending on what's what's going on. Um, but yeah, definitely very consistent lately with doing that. And like I said, it ebbs and flows. And but I, I'd say that's one that I'm very committed to wanting to do is not just reading it, but studying it and understanding it. And I've started buying commentaries to, to kind of go along with helping me think through some of the the tougher stuff. So
0: mm-hmm. in my own experience, it's been interesting as I've, as I've read the scripture, sometimes I can fly through a chapter, right? Mm-hmm. But I've actually been in studies in the last few years where you actually dissect kind of verse by verse, what's going on contextually, historically, Who's speaking it? Who are they talking to? What's the message they're trying to communicate? What are some of the words that were translated from mm-hmm. the the um, historical languages? So that's a great point. It's not just reading scripture, but literally taking time to study the scriptures and get an understanding of what's being said there. So here at the Young Christian Business Guy, powered by CBMC, we believe really strongly in discipleship. Um learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man. And we also believe in the power of peer groups surrounding yourself with people that are growing in their faith that can help you grow in their faith. Can you talk a little bit about either one of those and the impact that it's had on your spiritual life and then the fruit that you've seen in your personal life or professional life from that spiritual activity?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. There's a We have a group of guys that started off with uh, me and one other guy from the gym Uh, get together, work out. He'd, he'd meet with some friends for coffee on a Friday morning. And at one point he was, they weren't meeting consistently. And I just said, you know what? we work out our muscles four days a week. Why don't we, why don't we sit down on a Friday morning over a cup of coffee and work out our spirit, our spiritual selves too. So he's like, that's great. So it started with the two of us and it's grown. We have eight or nine now. It's been interesting doing zoom. We've been meeting every Friday morning, 5am, um, over zoom during COVID even. And we've actually added three guys, during our time being virtual to our group, but uh it's been pretty neat uh because every guy that's come in is, bit, we've all been very vulnerable with each other about things. Um So we've just somehow fostered that atmosphere environment of being able to be open and honest about things. Uh, we've really, I think that's a lot of my Bible reading lately has been spurred by a lot of our conversation. Um, you know, we've been reading books on the side together and just kind of going through that stuff together, but being vulnerable and reaching out to each other and holding each other accountable and things uh it's just been very good and i would say because of that it's definitely helped me think about how um i i don't know i even interact with my neighbors and interact with my coworkers, and i don't know so so the reading and talking to these guys it's just helped us think all of us really think through a lot of that stuff so iron does sharpen iron <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. provided you some pr- perspective shifting, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Is that Proverbs what, 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, yeah. so man sharpens another. Yep. Yeah. I was talking about that with a guy this morning in a discipleship relationship with this concept of, of what does a diamond go through to become mm-hmm. a diamond,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And what does that refinement process look like? And I think a huge part of the refinement process is being a part of these you know, groups, these accountability groups. And it's not just from a negative perspective, it's from an extremely positive perspective. You right. know, refinement isn't always easy when that when that rock is put under pressure and goes through heat and goes through, you know, difficulty. That's what produces the, the beautiful diamond that we see. But we oftentimes don't see the difficulties that that diamond went through from becoming just a stone hmm. to something beautiful. And I think that you described that really well. So uh, Ben, I want to hear a little bit about, so how old are you now, Ben?
1: I'm 38, 38, Okay. Push, pushing the top level at the end of that young professionals. But yeah, you're, you're
0: still, you're still still there. <laughs> yes. So I want you to think back. Um, we do have listeners of this show that, that fall in all different age categories. So I want you to, to think back to if, you know, you were mid twenties in your life <laughs> and you were sitting across the, the table from your, your 25 year old self, <laughs> what is something that you would say? to your 25 year
1: old self a lot to narrow that down and uh share a couple things yeah i mean by 25 i was married and i think it goes back to the american dream thing i think it's hey don't don't take stuff for granted don't take life for granted um you know i think i think i'd read the book that by that point but we just went through it with our group on friday mornings that wild at heart by john eldridge you know and uh, one of the things that I actually had in front of me, cause I was thinking about it today, but you know, John Eldridge says things are not what they seem. This is a world at war and we have a crucial role to play. Um, I think looking at myself at 25 years old as a mentor to myself, thinking through like, Hey, this is, it's not just about what you see. Like, there's a lot more going on here. Not, not just, um, not just in your, in the world, but you know, in, in your relationship with your wife and the way you interact with people at work and in, in the neighbors around you, like there's, there's a lot more going on here. Cause I think I, I you know, you've just come to learn the world is spiritual. <laughs> mm. It's not only what you see. And I, and it's one of those things to know it, but to actually go through the experiences of it. Um, I don't think at 25, I, I really understood that. Mm.
0: That's a fascinating comment that you'd make to yourself. There's more going on, than you're aware. There's more going on than you're aware. That's, that's terrific. So one thing that we help guys with in our ministry is integrating their faith into their work. So we believe that the the half of the Sunday that you spend at church, it's important, but we really think about the six and a half other days of how you're living out your faith. Mm -hmm. Um, What are one or two ways from a lifestyle evangelism standpoint that you maybe raise the flag and demonstrate your Christian, you know, your Christian values in the marketplace?
1: Um, Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, were you done? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's very much, um, for me, it's always been, and I think it's become a little more proactive is just being a a good, a good example. And I know that may not necessarily even just a good moral example, but being a good example. And I think that's grown more into, um, you know, being a good example, but trying to talk to people outside of my Christian circle, just like I would talk to my Christian circle, You know, just the the simple things like, oh yeah, no, I've been praying about that, or you know, things like that that pick up on it. So I think I've done better. People understand who I am and what I do. I wouldn't consider myself an evangelist, um, but that's just that's just the uh, initial step in Mm -hmm. disciple making. But trying to exercise the evangelist in me, since I think we're all called to evangelize. uh, um, I just need to. I just need to that's that's the one part that I'm kind of certain to to work on and what that looks like um, just coming from more of a waterer yeah, so I, I
0: just I'm, you brought up such a good point there and I just want to focus on it for for one minute before we jump to our verse of the day because this idea of being an ambassador so being a good example is one of the the main beliefs of our organization is that we are all Christ's ambassadors and second corinthians 520 actually says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. So therefore be reconciled to God. So literally, whether or not we like it, we are an ambassador, we are a representation. And I think we are being observed. And it's not from a standpoint of trying to say that you know, Christianity is do this, don't do this. I think that is where we get down a horrible path. But it's a, it's it's more of a, hey, this person treated this person this way, or this person handled this business situation this way, or hey, this guy seems to to have uh, eliminated some of his anger, some of his other struggles, and so really just being an example, I think, is is a great illustration there. I appreciate you bringing that up, Ben. Yeah. Um, so the verse of the day today that I wanted to talk about is Job twenty seven five. I will never admit you are in the right. Till I die, I will not deny my integrity. I will never admit you are right. Till I die, I will not deny my integrity. What does this verse mean to you, Ben?
1: Yeah, same. Just we were just talking about living, living my life that we're at the end of my life. People are going through my stuff. There's nothing that shocks them. Nothing, nothing that's negative. You know, obviously we're not perfect people, but. just striving to be able to live that life, to have the boldness that Job had to, to say, look, all this stuff has happened to me, but there's nothing I've done, done wrong in the eyes of the Lord. And that's just how I want to live my life. You know, that, that example to my coworkers, that example to my kids, um, just want it to be so impactful that people are like, wow. Yeah.
0: I love that you brought up the story of Job. This is probably one of the most under, I would say, utilized stories in the Bible. Somebody who went through just a an awful time. I mean, Mm -hmm. he lost nearly everything, if not everything, Mm -hmm. and then had his friends around him telling him to renounce his relationship with the Lord. And I I believe this context is when he's actually saying, no, you're not right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Until I die, I'm not going to deny my integrity. And then when Job's uh, affliction started to change is actually when he started to pray for his friends who are telling him to renounce his relationship with the Lord. Uh, that's my understanding of it. If we have any theological general counsel out there and you think I'm wrong, please let me know. Um, I'm just an amateur. But I appreciate you bringing up the book of Job, Job 27.5. I'll never admit you're in the right until I die. I will not deny my integrity. But I think you said that so well. At the end of your life, you look back, you want people to find out that your yes meant yes and your no meant yeah, no. So, yep. well, Ben, it was a quick 25 minutes. Uh, thank you so much for calling in from Akron, Ohio. It's been a joy to get to know you. Thanks for your leadership position of of that Friday morning group in which you, you guys are exercising your spiritual muscle along with exercising your physical muscle. If you take a look at 1 Timothy 4, eight, it actually says, um, physical training is of some value, but godliness training is of more value because it has value in this life and the next. So you could potentially add that to your Friday morning group. But thanks for taking the time, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Have a great rest of your afternoon and a terrific weekend.
1: Thanks, John. You too.
0: All right. Take care, buddy. Bye. All the way from Akron, Ohio. We didn't even get into talking any any um, sports. I don't know if he's an Ohio State fan Um, I know we have some avid Michigan fans that watch this show, but anyway, uh, golf-wise, they're going to be returning to Ohio here soon, back-to-back at the Memorial Jacks Tournament. So, what a great show today. Ben shared some awesome, awesome, awesome truth today. Um, For those of you who are in the residential commercial investing space, he talked about starting small. You know, we we as entrepreneurial guys, we as especially millennials, we live in the microwave culture. So we want to stick something in three minutes from now, have it be ready. So start small. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Um, also, he talked about caring for your tenants, really taking time to care for your tenants, for their souls, for getting to know them. He talked about uh, this idea when I asked him of of how does he lead his family spiritually? How does he serve as the tip of the spear? And, and the resounding answer that I'm continually hearing from guys that I talk to is you've got to start with your own relationship first. If you're not flowing from a place of, of a relationship with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be tough to lead your family from that perspective. And he talked about these tasks, you know, he has, he has four children and setting tasks and habits for them, not just to check the box, but then also going back and saying, you know, what did you learn in that? Um, he said, he's trying to even be more faithful, not only in his own prayer life, but also in the prayer life of, of the opportunities to pray with his children. Um, I love the idea of what he brought up with his Friday morning group of, hey guys, we're spending four days a week exercising our physical muscles. Let's spend some time together exercising our spiritual muscles. And so he's been in that that group now that's grown from four guys to six guys. I believe he said eight to 10 guys now with the growth of of the Zoom calls. I'm sure they'll be back to meeting in person soon. And then this final concept that he talked about was um, there's more going on around you than what you realize. And I think there's some depth to that in that really taking a step back, we get so caught up in our own life. We get so caught up in our own mission and our own vision and our own plans and what we think we need to be doing. We get so caught up in our own problems that if we just took a step back and observe things more from a macro level instead of a micro level, it's amazing to see the perspective shift. That could provide a change in how we're living out our daily life, and then we talked about our verse of the day, Job twenty-seven five. I will never admit you're in the right until I die. I will not. I will not deny my integrity, letting your yes be yes and your no be no. So today, June eleventh, twenty twenty. Thanks for tuning in to the Young Christian. Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC. Before we go, if you want to get connected to our community, check out ycbguy.com. Y is in young, C is in Christian, B is in business guy, G U Y.com. We'll get you connected to a spiritual mentor. We'll get you connected to a peer group like Ben was discussing. We'll get you connected to our national weekly call we have for young Christian business guys. Or if you just want to learn more about what it means to be a Christian, we'd love to have a conversation. But visit that website, get connected. We'd love to get you plugged in. Thanks for tuning in. I'm John Harrison. Remember, stay on purpose, and we'll see you next time. Take care.